0: Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are jumping right back into summer scouting with the running back position. Same format as last Thursday's episode. We're going to go from five to one, counting down our favorite running backs that we've seen in the, I guess, preseason rankings at this point for the 2023 NFL Draft. Connor and I are going to go back and forth. We're going to talk about the background information, some PFF stats, uh, and some film notes for a lot of these guys that we really liked. After we get through our top fives, we'll give you the rest of our notes on some players who just made the list and round out about 10 guys each for our list here giving you guys a running back primer that you need to know as we head into the 2022 college football season for the 2023 nfl draft i'm trevor sykema with me as always is connor rogers let's ring the bell the nfl stock exchange podcast i'm trevor sikama that's connor rogers i promise you we're not wearing the the same shirt we didn't like call each other and color coordinate this show we are dangerously close here i don't know where you got that shirt from but this is from target so if you tell me target i'm actually going to be a little weirded out
1: no, it's not a target shirt. You can tell slightly good. off color. So we did, and we have different hats on, obviously. Right. Uh, so we, we're safe today. But man, it's good thing that this doesn't. We're getting this out of the way before you come to New York because that would be a tough scene. <laughs> that
0: would be a very tough scene if you and I rolled up on each other for the first time. And was like, "What's up?" We're, we're matching. That'd be a little embarrassing. I think we might have to quit God. the pod there on the spot. Uh Today, guys, we are back into summer scouting. We're going to the running back position. Oh, yeah. Last week, if you missed last week's Thursday episode. Went down for quarterbacks, We went over an hour on that one. And we'll probably go a little over an hour on this one as well, I think, because we've got more names that we're bringing to the table. Breaking down the background information, PFF stats, some film notes on almost 10 guys. I think actually 10 guys each between the two of us that we were able to watch. Obviously, there's a ton of running backs to get to. We just didn't have time to get to all of them this time. But we'll do the same format we did last week. We'll rank it in our top fives. We'll leave you with some suspense going from five to number one, and then give a shout out to a lot of the guys that did not quite make the list. Before we get to that, Connor, I see that you are wearing your New York Rangers hat. Unfortunately, I don't have lightning gear here with me in Charlotte. I'm in Charlotte for the summer, but, uh, Oh boy, how different this series looks from the last time that we were the you know, podcast, and it was about as glo- it was almost as gloom and doom as you could get for Tampa. And now it feels like it flipped entirely. Yeah, it's it's so funny how hockey works because if you
1: asked Truly. me before the series. If, if somebody said, hey, would you sign up for 2-2 and the Rangers going back home, I'd be like, hell yeah. Right, like, right. Like, everybody was pretty lightning to win in five or six games, so I'd be like, yeah. And then when they came out, won the first two, were in control, winning 2-0 in the third game, Dom. and now this series is tied. I'm like, I feel, I felt really down and out, but now I'm like, all right, it's best of three. Rangers have home, and let's see. Right,
0: and the home team happens. is just know. destroyed the other teams no matter i mean yeah. the lightning looked completely incompetent up in new york and then the rangers like you said dominated the early period of game three but then the lightning kind of took over yeah. there yeah. they were able to win in the last second and then i think the lightning looked pretty dominant in game four but like oh yeah i think dominant. this is this is setting up obviously to be a very fun series i feel like that sounds really stupid because it's like duh we're at game five and we're tied two two but like the lightning have momentum but the rangers have home ice advantage throughout yep. the three. So it's fascinating it's, series for people that aren't like
1: diehard hockey fans, or this is the perfect example of, I I mean, the rangers even the lightning being back-to-back champs were not the the odds-on favorites to be in the eastern conference final um because of the i guess the lightning were one of them but still it goes to show you these are two teams that just they grind out games truly truly like the rangers had played in a million elimination games already in this playoffs uh so it was funny the first time they were ever in control of a series they blew it right away (laughs) uh, yeah they played uh, in i think five already elimination games how much did you hate the pat maroon goal oh four. the big rig just, just getting a, i know cheapie. you we, cheapie. you know what i liked him uh i liked his interview on espn when they asked him about reeves and he's like i've had beers with reeves and i was like that is such a hockey thing where you can kill each other on the ice and you can have a beer about it off the ice that's funny man it, and that's hockey like you always hate the guys like i would love if cory perry was on the rangers third or fourth line but he's on oh. the lightning I so I, hate, it's, I hated Corey hockey.
0: Perry the last two Stanley Cups when he played did. for the uh, Stars and then he played for the Canadians because he was annoying <laughs> as hell. So that's no, hockey. That, it's hockey, and I know every non-Rangers
1: fan hates Jacob Trouba. Like that's just hockey. So when the Big Rig scored, I was like, "Of course he scored, <laughs> and it, of course he scored like a tap in, like a classic Big Rig just rebound like knocking goal, knocking it out of the air." Yeah, completely. yeah, it was just it was unbelievable. But it's it's been a wild series. It's been a lot of fun. Obviously, they it's been a lot
0: of fun for our show. They haven't. Uh, they haven't what am i what am i looking for here remedied the justin bieber concert situation for game seven right i haven't seen any of that i could be i could
1: have just been reading a guess but i thought i read somewhere that ultimately the bieber concert will be moved to wednesday because there's also one monday so it's not even like you can move it back and the game just has to be played and we know the abs are in a lightning situation where they're just chilling now like, how many days can the Avs yeah, go Chicago's without finals playing? is
0: basically just a who
1: wants to get steamrolled by the Colorado Avalanche. It feels, I time. mean, especially like, look at the bodies both teams have lost. Like, Braden Point's been out for a long bad. time. Yeah. The Rangers are playing with 40% of Barclay Gaudreau. No good. Ryan Strome, Probably no Phillip. Like, we're almost out of centers. That's the yeah, NHL playoffs. You just run out of players. So, the and the Avs are sitting there. And I know, let's be fair to the Avs, they're playing with a backup goalie. And no Kadri now
0: after that major. That almost feels like mercy to the rest of the league at this it's point. It's like just something had, to happen. Co- <laughs> <They just laughs> something had to happen. Finals. <laughs> something <laughs> had Yeah, to do thanks, something. Mike
1: Smith and Edmonton, for giving them no challenge at all. Me and Trevor are not happy about that, for which one of our, ever our team's uh, advances. So. Christ. And the and we, you and I have a fascinating situation coming up where you're traveling, you're going to be in New York, yeah. and I'm going to be in Montreal before I come home. Like finding the right place to watch these games is one of my biggest fears as a sports fan. Like I, it's. it's
0: oh panicking. yeah, I'm in the city on. S- What's because wait, wait, game f- game five is Sunday or Saturday? It's uh, game Saturday. five will be
1: Saturday. Oh no! Yeah, I'm in Montreal for the next two games, and if there's a game seven, we'll both.
0: Well, we'll, we'll have plenty okay. to talk about. We'll have plenty to talk yeah. about in the next episode Nuts. for sure. Nuts. Well, um, come down fun the home no, stretch. Fun. It is, it is, it is. Let's get to, well, before we get to football, you know what I have to do. I have to read everybody's favorite ad. It's by our friends over at Manscaped. Folks, sweaty sack summer is here. That's right, it's the triple S. And it's time for you to prioritize the comfort in your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort Manscaped has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. They are the softest fabric of any underwear that you're going to find. So breathable, it's like gills for your groin. They've even trademarked the uh, the phrase Jewel Pouch. Quite literally says that in the copy that I'm reading, that it is trademarked. They put the trademark symbol in here. So you know that it's serious. And it's time that you invest in your family, jewels. So let the bulge breathe a little bit. you 20% off on <laughs> free shipping over at PFF <laughs> That kills you every time. Every time I get to that line, it kills you. Let you the bulge breathe. Listen, you got to do it. Like, if I've, if I, you know. I've said anything in life that you got to let the bulge breeze. <laughs> <PFF> <laughs> at uh, dad, you can buy it for yourself. Sons buy it for you or your dad. Father's Day's coming up again. I don't know if that's weird for you, but if it's not, go ahead and do it. Ladies, buy this for your man and dog. Dad, you all deserve all the love as well. Get 20% off free shipping using the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. Promo code PFF manscaped.com. Once you go to the Boxer 2.0 and let it touch your sack, you will never. Go back. The dramatic pause gets gets longer every time we do it.
1: I mean, you sell that ad; it's just dynamite every time. I mean, it makes you want to really. And it, it is getting hot. I know you're down south. I'm up here. It's getting rough down here. When I get back, yeah. when I
0: get back from New York, the high is 96 in Charlotte.
1: Ugh. Ugh. and sweaty 96. Not even sweaty a dry 96.
0: Sack summer 96. That's it's what it for is for real. That's it's what it very, is. Very, very for real. All right, we got we got a lot to do. Quarterbacks,
1: we, we kind of hinted was going to be. You know a lot of time spent on the top five yep i think you and i made a pretty good effort to make sure we got through 10 players on this and and it was a lot trickier i think fitting the five we want to do in the top five compared to the quarterbacks.
0: I'm very, very curious to hear who your five are going to Me be. Too. Because I, I know too. that I've got at least one guy in the top five that you're not going to have in the top five because he's Interesting. you did you, not watch. Okay. Yes, yes. We did
1: cross-check. We each watched one different player.
0: Yes. Uh of the we we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. You guys will know who we're talking about because we'll get to him. But there are, as I watched this running back group, it felt a lot like quarterbacks where I just went, man, I like a lot of these. Like, mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about a lot of these guys. They were, I was at number six, number seven in the list. And I'm like, I'm splitting hairs here. Like yep, I like, same. I'm basically looking at skill sets of these players and I'm saying, all right, well, I guess it kind of depends. Like, are you, are you going to be more of a power blocking zone, or, t- or a power blocking scheme? Are you going to do more zone blocking, especially wide zone stuff? I think that's better for a couple of these running backs, but different shapes and sizes of these players, but they all bring a good amount to the table. Like this, The backs who are smaller, right? Like the Blake Corums, the Deuce Vaughns, the Devin Chains. Like those guys, you go, okay, well, Mm -hmm. if you're small, I at least want to see this. And they give it to you. And some of those bigger backs, you know, uh, Sean Tucker, uh, uh, Zach Charbonnet, you know, like those guys, you go, okay, well, you're bigger. I want to see this from you. And they give it to you. A lot of these guys – their physical profiles are matching the strengths that they have in their game which makes them really easy to like it allows you to envision what they're doing at the college level to the nfl level so i'll give you the floor first who is your number five guy here uh, as we do this preseason 2023 running back ranking so you're right. It was,
1: I think, something to remember about ranking the running backs here is that, at least for me, a lot of these guys have already been really productive. Like, if, they, like, I actually feel good about if some of them were in the NFL today. That's how productive some of them have been. With running back every year, because it's traditionally an underclassman position drafted, you get guys that are breakouts every year that find their way into the top of the class. Look at Kenneth Walker last year. Kenneth Walker had a mammoth year. Nobody was really talking about Kenneth Walker in this capacity last summer. So you got to brace yourself that these lists will look a lot different when we get to the winter. But for me, I started here with Sean Tucker from Syracuse, who has done a lot of damage in two years at that program. He had a fascinating 2020 as a freshman where he was somebody at that program that wasn't expected to play. There's opt outs, there are injuries, and it's like, oh, guess what? You're the guy left, so you're playing right now. Uh, high school track background, both indoor and outdoor. Indeed. Um, so you obviously know that this dude, this dude can move. He could sprint a little bit. And then his sophomore year, after impressing in that freshman year where he wasn't really supposed to play, he just exploded for the Orange. I mean, he was sixth in the nation with almost 1,500 rushing yards. He is the first player in program history to rush for more than 1,400 yards in a single season. Like, think about that for Syracuse. That is. It's pretty crazy, honestly, especially for a true sophomore. Um, Really, really good feet at the line of scrimmage that helps him avoid initial contact. He's a guy that I was actually impressed with Syracuse's run blocking more than I thought. I guess I just didn't have big expectations. But there are obviously plenty of times where a defender breaks the line of scrimmage, and he's very light on his feet, could stop on a dime or change direction and make them miss and get back to the line of scrimmage or find yards or find a lane. True zone runner. True zone runner. He understands tempo. He doesn't he's not let me just hit the gas every single play and try to score a 100 yard touchdown. He understands how to let his rush lanes develop. He understands when to put his foot in the ground, get upfield, work through the alleys, work through those rush lanes. Uh, And the last thing I wrote for him as a runner, which is fascinating to me, is doesn't try to do too much in a good way. And coaches really like that sometimes there's guys that you you love watching them go out there and try to break ten tackles and they have the highlight real play. A lot of these coaches, like a Shanahan, even like a LaFleur, both LaFleurs in the NFL right now, A lot of, uh, Minnesota's been like this, Cleveland's been like this, they like their runners to follow the scheme and not try to do too much and get the yards that they know they're going to dial up for them. And I was really impressed for a guy that is a young player in Sean Tucker from Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born october twenty fifth, two thousand and one. so this is this is a really young back that has a lot of a lot of big time performances already under his belt. He was the real deal, and he came in as my fifth overall running back. I hope that Syracuse understands uh, they understand because how much they hand him the ball, but I want to see him now develop that receiving game. I didn't really see that on film with this as a pass protector or as a true threat as a pass catcher. If he develops that, uh, Trevor, he should declare and be one of the, you know, top five to seven running backs drafted next year. That's how that's how impressed I was with him.
0: Yeah, I was even more impressed by him and he's he's higher up on my list. So I, I won't I won't say everything. Uh, all my thoughts. I'll, I'll leave it for when I get to him on the list because he's not four either. So we yeah. I can't even piggyback off of that. He's even higher. Uh, on my list here, but you're right. I mean, fantastic season last year. He had the track background, and I thought that that really stood out. Um, they have him listed at what well, they have him listed? five foot ten, two or yeah, five ten, two ten, or two fifteen are kind of the weights that I found. So bigger size back, right? I feel like we we're, we're we're in an age where, there's a lot of running backs that are right around like 200 pounds right i mean like if if we're looking at an average running backs can come in those smaller sizes so when you find a guy who is is around 215 even a little bit bigger you go okay that's some decent size for a running back and when i saw his measurables i said all right well he's you know he's probably just going to be like a bigger back strength's going to be a bigger part of his profile i watched five plays of this guy no i mean I watched more than that for the film eval, but, but you I watched his, for his. I watched his first five plays, and I went, "Oh, yep. okay, <laughs> different kind of running back here." He brings a lot of athleticism for his size. But uh, you mentioned the successful season that he had last year. He was a first team All ACC guy, I believe. He was a first team All American as well for uh, those fifteen hundred rushing yards. And uh, you mentioned the track background. I'll just have here before I move on to my guy. They had him doing. Uh, they had him doing all sorts of track events like they had him running i think the 400 the 800 like yeah, all that kinds some of stuff mid-distance kind and of and then they realized okay this guy's actually a lot better of a sprinter and so as he got into his junior and senior years of high school they had him not doing anything further than a 200 so he do a 200 he did he do the 100 yeah i think he did the four by 100 as well and then he had the 60 meter in which he ran a 688 which is uh pretty insane he did that as a freshman which is pretty crazy I mean it just goes to show you the kind of burst and acceleration this guy has at his size but I'll talk a little bit more about Sean Tucker but love the fact that he got into your top five because I really like him as well number five for me this is a very interesting prospect I know no, where you're going just by n- saying that number five for me is Zach Evans is, is that who you thought that I was gonna is that who you thought I was gonna say it, it was one of two. Um,
1: is he in your top I, five? So Zach Evans was not, but he probably, man, he he probably was a firm six. Okay, so like it was, he, yeah, it was it was brutal trying to fit the three to five was brutal. Let me say that, it,
0: it, dude. Like three to seven is brutal.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I had it, Sean Tucker class. even higher at one point. I just it's it's a lot the of tier good backs, thing man. again. A lot it's the good tier backs. thing again. So I, uh, no, but. I, I, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about Evans
0: because he was a very conflicting prospect for me. Yeah. So when you look at him, he's another player comes in at five foot eleven, two hundred fifteen pounds. Okay. This was this is a former number one overall recruit in the country. Okay? Yeah. Big time. An unbelievable talent. Consensus five star player, running back, and uh, he's from Houston, Texas. So he played Texas football. So he's got that under his belt. He's going to TCU. He became the first five star player TCU ever got. But how he got there was very Adam, interesting. <laughs> it's 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 kind of a wild ride. I'll try to I'll try to recap it as best I can here with his recruiting journey and how he got to TCU. Which I, he's at old Miss now. He's actually at old Miss. So he won a state championship as a junior uh, back in high school. After that, he announced his top five schools. And look, he was a five star well before this, so everybody was already on him. He had all the offers, everything. Okay. Announced his top five schools after that national championship year. So he had one year of high school football left. It was Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Those were his five. Okay. Then one of Evans' teammates at North Shore, which is where he played high school, their offensive tackle, Damian George, he committed to Alabama. And months prior, Evans said that him and Damian George were going to be a package deal. So everyone said, oh, okay, George is going to Alabama. That means Evans is probably going to go to Alabama but he didn't declare it wasn't like this domino effect that happened and he said okay i'm gonna decide in my senior year he's playing his senior year kind of on and off because he was dealing with things he said all right i'm gonna decide on december 4th that's going to be when i decide where i go he then changes his schools that he's interested in to alabama georgia lsu and texas a&m the we just had somebody deliver a piece of mail, so if you I hear, hear If you can hear, if you can hear my <laughs> dog barking, he is making sure that the mail is uh is is not going to harm us in any way, shape, or form, and uh, we love him for the one hundred and twenty-five or we love him for the twenty-five pound guard dog that he is. So then, he, all right, Zach Evans, he changed his he changed his uh, Final Four to Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Texas A&M. So he took Ohio State and Oklahoma out, and he put Texas A&M, a Texas team, in there. He then said, okay, I'm going to actually delay my decision to the uh, Under Armour All-American game, so further from December 4th. So now we're getting even further into the recruiting process. He then silently signs a letter of na- a letter of intent to Georgia. And then while he was at the Under Armour All-American no game— No tweet? Not even the tweet? No, like, like no announcement, nothing. Like signed a letter of intent to Georgia. Then he backed out of it. Then UGA released him because he didn't want to go to Georgia for whatever reason. All of a sudden, after that— The enrollment period is is past, like, and all of a sudden, I think I remember this, because he he was such a
1: big recruit,
0: right? And he didn't have a school. Yeah, I do remember this. It was like he took all this time, and then he had he had no school to go to. So then he visited Old Miss, he visited Tennessee, he visited Florida, and they were all telling him like, "Yeah, you could come in the next semester, and we'd love to have you," but I don't think we can get you in on this one. So then all of a sudden, out of kind of nowhere, like he commits to TCU which he was never interested in in the recruiting cycle Mm. at all whatsoever strange plays two years at tcu i think just because he was able to play right away if i remember correctly yep and then he did now he transfers over to ole miss a team that he wasn't interested in originally but kind of was interested in after the release from george's letter of intent so crazy cousin
1: play for ole miss from 16 to 20. i I think that's part there's some part of the story i want to make sure i have this right I'm pretty sure his cousin played so he had visited Ole Miss and his cousin the end of his cousin's career was when Lane came in. So there was like mm. there was a little relationship there, but okay. you're right. That's the little nugget of like, okay, I kinda see how he got there.
0: Well, the old Miss part I guess makes sense because he technically he I mean, he did visit Ole Miss once things kind of hit the fan and he was trying to find a school so i understood that the tcu one never really made any sense because he was never really interested in them until it felt like they become the they became the only school where he was going to play so that was a weird background for him but he goes to Texas a&m the film notes i have on this guy are you can clearly see why he was at one point the number one player in the country you mm-hmm. really can't he's incredibly talented running back he's got the long speed he's got the wiggle he's got the contact balance all of that stuff is there for him he's the kind of player who if you give him a good block he could take it a mile man that's that's the kind of player that we're talking about here he feels like size speed strength profile agility change of direction contact balance breaking tackles all of that stuff is within his wheelhouse it's all there for him so it, it just it totally makes sense why he was rated as high as he was? Why every school was trying going to try to give him uh, a chance when they could? And I'm interested to see what he does at Ole Miss. The weaknesses that I saw in his game are the pass blocking skills are just completely unreliable right now. I don't know if you watched any specific pass block reps for him in PFF Ultimate, but if he is not if he is not chop blocking you like straight at the knees go he's not blocking you at all he's not even trying which and is weird because he's not small no he's so not it's an he just effort has thing to me no idea how to do it or mm. no desire to do it i don't know which one it is it's fair i think his hands are good but he was really not used as receiver very often so like all of a sudden third down back responsibilities become a little shaky and you need a lot more technique You lot need a lot more reps and i agree with you i think you need a little bit more want to to stay on the field for third down when it comes to this college football season and moving on to the nfl as a ball carrier he's unbelievably talented there's a lot of guys that we're going to talk about that didn't make my top five that i like as well but for as talented as zach evans is i put him at number five knowing that there's still a lot of work to do when it comes to those finer details of his game
1: really well said and i agree all around he's not in my top five um and i was actually really disappointed that he wasn't i think he was the player that I watched and was the most underwhelmed by compared to expectations. And I said it before I would have had him at six. Um, You know, when you hear the things like former five star and top recruit and all of these things, and you look at his size and I guess you create false expectations at times. My notes on some, some of my notes on him since I didn't have him in the top five, I said, he knows how to run low and skinny, um, but he's not overly creative not overly fast, good contact balance, and will get you tough yards. Only targeted 12 times in 2021. He, mm-hmm. They don't, they, TCU, right? And it's no knock on TCU. TCU's had plenty of really good years for a long time. But this dude was supposed to be a dude. And TCU didn't even really view him as like, we got our, you know, freakish, Weapon sure. that we gotta we gotta use every single way possible. They didn't even look at him like that. So I, I think I was just a little underwhelmed, and I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, so Zach Evans did not make my top five. He was obviously right right in for you. It was probably pretty close. Yep. So okay, moving on to number four here. This is the player I originally thought you were going to say, Deuce Vaughn, and <laughs> man, this guy.
0: I love this one. I I'm love him. so mad he's not in my top five. I, I'm I so to, mad, man.
1: I had so to have mad. him in the top five. He He's awesome. He's freaking awesome, and he's yep. going to test every single uh, threshold that in size. Now, he's listed right now five six one seventy six. 176. I think he's going to carry 190 pounds. I don't worry about the weight. Uh, he might be carrying that right now. I don't know if that's a real weight right now. I'd like to see... Uh, us get a verified weight uh from for him over the summer guys like dame brugler do a really good job of covering that i've noticed um but you know five six he's small there's no doubt about it he him and tucker were pretty much the same grades for me i could have had tucker at four and deuce at five i just flipped them it's they they would be draft they'd be graded in the exact same way different players though so deuce has we already led you in the size is going to be the question mm-hmm. interesting guy his dad is an nfl area scout yep. the southeastern scout for the dallas cowboys his dad is a legitimate like when you're the southeastern scout like i know people are like i hey, got area scouts like, that's a big, that's a big role. So his you're dad's watching a legit,
0: good players.
1: You're watching really good players, and your reports and your investigations matter a lot. So his dad's a legit scout for the Cowboys, has been a coach before. Uh, so about Deuce, monster sophomore year in 2021, over 1,400 rushing yards. He's had big receiving numbers over the last two years. I wrote down lightning bug type runner that you can lose behind the line of scrimmage. And what I mean by that is with a lightning
0: bug, and I don't know like how many, did you catch lightning bugs as a kid? I didn't. But it's like I, a weird thing. But I know, I know what you're talking about. There, I, I know what you're talking about. I didn't. I didn't. I was. Okay. In, I was more. I was more like Beach Town, Florida. Than okay. I was like a little bit more like that's why country. Because that's the woods. So, it's a woods. Thing. It is. So like, there's a lot of people listening to the show
1: that'll think I like. They have no idea what I'm talking about. But I, I mean, the very gist of it is, the lightning bug lights up for you know half a second and then it's gone, and you're in the pitch black. So if you don't get it in that half a second, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. What Deuce. When he gets the ball behind the line of scrimmage, he's running behind offensive linemen that are twice the size of him. Right, And he's right. so sharp and quick and short area that he's a lightning bug. Like, you see him, and if you don't get in your run fit or find him quick, you lose him. And th- this is something that I notice, I really like about smaller backs that are projected as rotational guys for the future. Um, he, his strike zone is very small. Yes. And With that small strike zone, defenders struggle to get a hand on him at first contact, and it's very hard to come to balance. I tweeted out a clip this morning of a play where he just catches a little dump pass and he splits two defenders, and it's because of the small strike zone. He gets narrow, and one goes around his waist, one goes high, and they miss him because he's too small, he's too skinny. And they almost go over the top of his helmet because most defenders are half a foot taller than him. Um, So patient, elusive, shifty, and quick gives a ton of effort in pass pro, but he's just physically outmatched. And rushers know he's gonna go low. Sometimes it works, when the game went on and he kept trying to cut them, they knew how to get past him. And it's tough to have him back there, it really is. But this dude is awesome. I don't care how small he is. He's going to have some kind of role in the NFL. I don't know if it's going to be special teams early on. I don't know if it's going to be strictly in a unique gadget. Isaiah McKenzie. I know people are going to bring up Darren Sproles all the time for him for obvious reasons. Very obvious reasons State connection too. get K-State size, but he's awesome. If you haven't watched, if, if I can implore you to watch anyone listening, if you haven't watched a single running back on this show, watch Deuce Vaughn, because that is the most fun you'll have this summer watching a running back.
0: So I got to sit down and talk with Deuce Vaughn actually a couple of weeks ago, and I'll have a feature on him coming out at some point in this summer, I think over the next couple of weeks. And uh, there's no doubt about it, man. He's he's going to be one of my favorite prospects in, the, in throughout this pr- th- entire process. I felt the same way about Deuce Vaughn when that interview ended that I did about Trent McDuffie, where I was just mm. like, I don't care. That's cool. Draft the dude. Like, that's it. And, you know, he didn't make my top five. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think the reason why he didn't make the top five for me is because, and I have him at number six, actually. I've got him right there at number six, is because I'm a little bit gun shy after Kyron Williams. Like, I'm just a little bit gun shy because Kyron Williams is another player who did, it felt like everything right just the size limitations caught up to him. And it's not even the pass blocking thing with Deuce Vaughn. The problem is that he is of smaller size and that means the strides are shorter, right? I mean, it works in the big 12. You got a lot of space. He's creating a lot of space. He can look like he shot out of a cannon sometimes, but when you get in the NFL, it's bigger dudes, it's faster dudes. You just, it, that margin for error matters with him. And so I don't have him in my top five, so I can kind of share my notes on him. I love that you got him in here because he, he, you mentioned it comes from a football family, right? Real name is Chris Vaughn, and his father's name is also Chris Vaughn. That's how he got the nickname Deuce, not just from 22 that he wears, is because they didn't want to call him Junior, so they called him Deuce. Uh, his his dad played college football at Murray State. You mentioned he's a, he's an area scout for the Dallas Cowboys. He also was an assistant coach at Arkansas, at Ole Miss, at Memphis, and at Texas. So yep. he was an assistant coach all around uh, college football. He actually broke his high school's see this is this is deuce did deuce broke his high school's single season rushing record with almost 2,000 rushing yards in his final year and notes i have him the strengths incredibly smart running back i mean you could tell that he comes from an nfl family you could tell that he's been working on this for a long time he's got the patience he understands where he's looking on different zone blocking schemes uh you know wh- where the where the lanes are going to open up how do we anticipate the space he sees that stuff so so well um I love look. We're gonna talk about his size like it's a negative, but you mentioned how size can also be an advantage to sure. him. Not only being a disguise behind the line of scrimmage, not only is the strike zone smaller, but also when he takes that contact, he 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 can balance. Man, he can really keep himself upright. He can mount and he can get those yards after contact a lot better than you would think for a player who is five foot six. 175, 180 pounds, whatever he ends up being. So I think that he does a great job of bringing as much of a physical profile as he can to his game. I, you're right. I, I think that the pass blocking work, it's it's just tough, right? It's, it's out of it's, his hand. W- there's right? no, what, there's what not you, much
1: he could do. What are you
0: going to do about it? And that's, that's my biggest drawback of when I, I kept him outside of the top five for me is just there are things where I just go, I love this player but he's just not going to get better at these other things. He can get as good as he possibly can, but there are physical limitations to him. I'm glad you got him in your top five, though, because truly I sat down with him. I love talking with him. I love getting to know him. He's an awesome dude. He's a determined dude. He understands exactly what his strengths and his weaknesses are, and he attacks the football field with both of them in mind as good as he possibly can. And you know what? Smart Football players like that are always gonna play, man. They're always gonna play. And I agree with you. I don't know what his role in the NFL is gonna be quite yet, but he's gonna have one for sure. So to
1: close the book on Deuce Vaughn here, um, some of the comparables, you know, players assuming he gains weight, and I really think he already has. Uh, some of the obviously we said Sproles, Tariq Cohen, Jaquiz Rogers. Um, you look at some other guys on there. He's never gonna be a I think he's, he I think he's ha- a more athletic Jaquiz Rogers. Yep. I think I like that one That's the not best. Bad. That's not uh, bad. Dion Lewis. there is no, it, Ironically, he's and he's a lot thicker, this runner, but Clyde Edwards, a It's wild. I mean, he's 5'7". A lot of people Ooh. don't realize that. Uh, here's one I actually like a lot for Deuce because of the athleticism. Danny Woodhead. That's probably going to be one of the closest comps for him. Danny Ooh. Woodhead was 5'7". 197. He ran a 438. He jumped 38 inches vertical and had a 7033 cone. I don't know if Deuce is going to run that fast yeah that's that's fast that's fast that's really i'd, fast. I'd love for him to that'd be fantastic motor yeah. motor singletary is one, i'll close the book on that motor on oh, michael carter on the jets those are all the closest comparables for a guy
0: that small all right there we go so you got news Vaughn, number four on your list before we get to my number four on my running back list i to remind you guys that the nfl stock exchange is brought to you by cash app cash app is the easiest way to send spend and save your money you can you can send or request money from your friends for literally anything dinner drinks whatever it is besides just sending money back and forth with cash cash app you can invest in stocks with as little as one dollar as well or you could buy sell and send bitcoin instantly you know if you got thirty thousand dollars standing around you got a full bitcoin you can do that too if you want to cash app also lets you design your own debit card and completely free to spend money wherever you'd like they will laser print and mail it straight to you all for free The card comes with free discounts at your favorite places called Boost. Sign up for Cash Out today using the referral code TOUCHDOWN. That's all caps TOUCHDOWN, which gives new users $15. If you own Bitcoin, there's probably nothing to you. But, hey, for the rest of us out here that don't, $15 could go a long way. It's promo code TOUCHDOWN, $15 for free when you download the Cash app. All right. Let's get back to the list here. Number four for your boy. I got Jameer Gibbs. Got another guy who is transferring to a new place Played at Georgia Tech for the last two years. Now he is going to play for Nick Saban at Alabama. The rich truly get richer with a prospect this good. He was a four-star guy from Georgia who chose, who chose Georgia Tech over Alabama, Florida, and Georgia, which, hey, big win for the Yellow Jackets. Big Temporarily. Win. <laughs> well, I know, but still, I mean, for that to happen, hey, more power to you. Uh, Gibbs led the state of Georgia with uh, 255 no, two, wait, 2,554 rushing yards and 40 touchdowns was named first team All-State uh, for the Georgia 6A 2020 Offensive Player of the Year and was a first team All-American by Sports Illustrated across all high schoolers in the country. So this dude was definitely on the map. After, after two decent seasons at Georgia Tech with 460 and then 746 rushing yards, decided to transfer to Alabama. Um at Georgia Tech, he showed his skills as a receiver. He had 24 catches as a freshman, was second on the team in receiving as a, uh, as a sophomore. Really, the big issue was that Yellow Jackets team was 3-9. and nine. Ended up being 3-9 and nine this past year, and they lost their last six games in a row. And it's like, look, I don't blame Jameer Gibbs. He wanted to go uh, yeah. try to use his talents elsewhere, try to win something. Ends up going to Alabama. Certainly had the connections already there from recruiting. So he knew that he could make the jump, and that's where he ends up. Uh, when we're looking at his measurables, scroll over here, five foot 11, 200 pounds. So kind of right around that average of smaller backs that I was talking about a little bit before some film notes on him. Very smooth athlete, man. Very smooth athlete for a player of his size. The one cut ability, the acceleration make him a fantastic, I believe zone blocking scheme player. I think you do a lot of damage when you get the line of scrimmage moving left and right a little bit. He can operate that kind of chaos and see where the running lanes are going to start. Keeps his momentum going. He could really make guys miss in the open field and take off with that good agility. The contact balance isn't, I wouldn't say it's elite, but it is good. I mean, he could certainly get yards after contact. I wouldn't say that it's like crazy, but I do think that he's got some good power in his core to be able to bounce off of some contact, even right at 200 pounds. Uh, Enough long speed, I think, to be a home run hitting player. Certainly if it's blocked up correctly and he hits the hole correctly, he could definitely take runs for 40, 50 yard scores. And he's got a lot of experience as a receiving back as well. I mentioned... What he was able to do as a receiver in his freshman and sophomore years while he was at Georgia Tech, I think that is the big plus in his game. And for a lot of these guys, you're going to see that that third down specialized ability isn't necessarily emphasized for them, especially because a lot of these players are underclassmen, right? A lot of these guys were just trying to get on the field as best they could. A lot of that came down to ball control and being the best ball carrier and running back is probably what they've been working on their freshman and sophomore years. But we've already seen some good receiving ability from Jameer Gibbs the big weakness for me and i have this written down here i'm not sure if it's the o line that he was just running behind and maybe getting a little bit impatient but there were too many times where he'd search for the cutback in the big play when it just yep. it, when it really wasn't there and i felt that a handful of times with him it's like he was a little too overeager for it it's like he thought hey if i don't take this to the house we're not going to score and so yep. i get that i get that those big cutbacks on zone blocking schemes are where a lot of the biggest plays come from, but there were a handful of times which. So when you're when you're running inside zone, you're typically looking at the guard's play side leg. So if you're running to the right, your your first aiming point is typically the guard's inside leg. So that's where you're looking at first, and the play side defensive tackle, the guys that you're reading. And there's a, there's other ways to read it, and this might be oversimplifying it, but essentially, if you're reading that guard first and his defense, if that defensive tackle. If his head is on the inside, you're going to want to go to the outside because that's yep. the way that the offensive line is going to wall it, it off. Yeah. If the defensive tackle's head is to the outside, more towards the defensive end and to a space, then you're going to look to your second read, which is that backside defensive tackle. And then you look, okay, where's his hat? Is it inside or outside? And that determines how far you're going to cut back just one lane or two. There were so many times where I was watching it and I was watching the all 22 angle and we're watching the end zone angle. And I'm like, the read was right there, Jameer. Like he did, but you—you you could tell he just. I think he, I think he believed that if he wasn't scoring a touchdown, the team wasn't going to score a touchdown, and so that was my biggest drawback from him. And I'm, and that's what I'm, I'm excited about watching with Alabama is he's going to get a lot more of those situations. And I think he's gonna learn to have more trust in his offensive line. If he does that, this is a player that's really dangerous in space that can take a really well blocked up play into first downs and so much more. And I think he does a lot for you as as a receiver as well. So I've got him at number four, but how positively I am talking about him just tells you how much I like this running back class and how good I think he is. Do you have Jameer Gibbs in your top five? If so, I'll kind of let you talk about him. Yeah, this is easy. I have him at three. So the I easiest, tra- the you easiest
1: love a good transition, the easiest transition, and I, I actually won't spend as much time on Gibbs as I did on the other two because you, you covered it really, really well. A lot of the stuff that I mean, I've met three, you've met four in a class that we're splitting hairs with. We saw in the same exact way, essentially uh, what I noticed with Gibbs. It's funny to me with Gibbs, like it's going to be funny to watch him at Alabama because he does not look like the Alabama running backs were so accustomed to seeing. He's not an overly uh, big guy. He's not really super tall. He's not super thick. His running style is a little different. Now, as for the player, one thing that you said that I like almost had a carbon copy in my notes doesn't look physically imposing, but tacklers do bounce off him at the second level frequently. So I, it goes to show you that there is some compact strength there for him. Um, lightning quick feet. I thought with the turf tape in his build, he looks like Kamara sometimes. The way he <laughs> runs, it was kind of one of those weird things I wrote down. I was like, man, he kind of looks like Alvin Kamara in pads and the style
0: of running. Uh, natural hands. I've, I've had to, I've had, I was just going to say, I've had to completely eliminate Alvin Kamara from my my comp ability list because it feels like anytime there's anybody who, who like, and I'm I'm not I'm not saying this this is this is you right now, but I'm just like anytime I feel like we watch a player bounce off one tackle, we go reminds With me of Al Kamara. But the turf tape yeah. does it too. Yes, yeah. the turf tape definitely does it. With no, stuff. he
1: my player comparison for him will definitely not be Alvin Kamara.
0: Yeah, right. Robert, um, I didn't, he's not,
1: he's not Alvin Kamara. Um, some of his biggest plays were as a pass catcher on just like mm-hmm. little outlets and dump screens. They love throwing him that fade dump screen and he looked a lot better off of those than he did as a runner in open space, which was kind of interesting to me. You you brought it up that sometimes he always looked for the big play and it created like a hesitation or just killed the play. Um, when he's a pass catcher, it never felt like, I don't know if he had more space or if he just did less thinking. He caught the ball and just got upfield and made a move or made a move and got upfield. So that's an area I really liked him. I think he's going to explode for Alabama. I think that he is going to develop at Alabama. He's going to work on some of that feel as a runner. He's going to work on some of that responsibility as a runner. And like you said, he, he's he got a lot of juice to his game as well. He's got juice to get outside as well. Yep. So he could be an inside runner, an outside runner, a pass catcher. Gibbs is a really, really good player. and. I think transferring for him was a good move because I think he is going to be maybe, is it crazy to say on the Heisman radar at a school like Alabama? I mean, he's got that kind of talent in that system.
0: Look, if he, shoot, man. If if Alabama's offensive line is like any Alabama offensive line that we thought, like even if it's not like the most elite offensive line that we have seen in the past, if it is just a regular ass Alabama offensive line, this dude's rushing for 1200 yards i think he's yeah he's going off
1: he won't turn 21 until about a month before the draft very young guy that's
0: good too very young too and that's gonna that's gonna go in his favor for sure my number three guy is the player that you didn't get to it's the player that you didn't yeah i did i did not watch this player michigan's blake quorum is who i have at number three five foot eight 200 pounds so he's a shorter frame but he's still got the mass to him and I don't know how many people are going to have Blake Corum in their top three running backs going into the season, but he is a player who I cannot wait to watch have an even more of a carry load with Hassan Haskins moving on to the NFL because I like this dude's game a ton, man. He is a human joystick kind of a player. That's what I have in my notes. That's the first line that I have here with his strengths. I think he's got elite body control and agility. The way that he can approach the line of scrimmage with chaos moving all around him and while still moving and accelerating, be able to put his foot in the ground, stop going one direction, completely explode the other, is there's just not many players that can do it. And I think that him being of of smaller size height-wise really helps him in that regard. And then with him still being like 195, 200 pounds, He's still got beef on him. I mean, you're watching him take these hits, and you go, ooh, this is a smaller back. He didn't act like it. He acted like it, it, it hurts them just as much as it, it hurts him when these guys make contact on him. So I think that, that the body control and the agility are absolutely elite from this player. Really good long speed, too. I mean, if you again, if you set this guy up right, he could take that ball, take it a mile. I think he's got lightning-quick feet. He's got a really good eye for for open space, especially for a player that was really contributing... Just as a one year, as a one year contributor, is probably the way that I should have said it there, because he really didn't do anything his freshman season. So, this past year, as a true sophomore, that was his first year. And for his first year, him being able to display that kind of vision, that kind of anticipation, I think was really, really important. He's also a fantastic receiver. They use him in a lot of different ways, both out of the backfield and on the line of scrimmage. That body control makes for a mismatch when he is rotated or motioned out of the backfield on with a linebacker or a safety because he understands route running. He understands those quick changes of direction, those break-in routes that creating separation. I think he's got great hands as well. So he's a smaller back. I get it. I I wonder if people are going to end up having these bigger backs above him, but I love his skill set. I truly do. I don't give a damn about the height. I really don't, especially because he's already got the frame that's right around 200 pounds. He's got strength. He's got speed. He's got all world agility and I think body control. And you pair that with what he is as a receiver. This is a potential three down player in the NFL and a dynamic weapon out of the backfield that really aids to me where the NFL is going, getting faster, getting more of a compliment out of the backfield in the passing game yeah you got to be able to tote the rock but you bring so much value to a team when you bring that kind of home run ability that agility and that receiving skills too so huge fan of blake quorum that's why i got him at number three
1: yeah i'm excited to watch him after hearing that the you got to quorum uh i watched dwayne mcbride from uab but he will not be in my top five so i'm, I'm definitely
0: curious how who you have it too
1: yeah because, uh, yeah really you're you're you don't think the last
0: two are obvious no because who, who, who okay i have a feeling i know who you're picking at number one yeah yeah, yeah that, but one who, of the two is very obvious whoever you have at two, i don't have in my top five
1: that is so we have a pr- pretty differing top five again and quarterbacks was that too i think people are probably pleasantly surprised with the beginning of summer
0: scouting good it's not chalk at all like there's no got bad picks in hockey teams you got bad picks in (laughs) summer scouting
1: oh man you better hold on for
0: dear life
1: <laughs> if the rangers figure their shit out back at the garden again oh, us going um, out to dinner
0: on monday is going to be real bad if I'll the rangers win gorgeous, these next
1: two a gorgeous italian restaurant in a rangers sweater
0: <laughs> i'd respect it i'd respect oh, it oh god so you got a two um, who's a two? all right
1: uh so a dramatic drum roll please i have devon a chain um oh. yeah, I I'm I'm pretty floored he's not in your top five. Oh um, I'm I'm pretty floored. I okay. I had a I got to the point where I was like, is Trevor gonna like do something crazy and make him like one? Or I knew I knew our no I had a feeling our number one would be the same for this because he's mm-hmm. he's special and we'll get there in a bit. But um with Devon A chain, he's got something that it's just either have it or if you're 99.9 percent of humans on planet earth you don't and Mm -hmm. that is speed and it's real incredible speed incredible speed and the first thing i wrote down after the background info what i mean this dude is on texas a&m's track teams let me just like he's not like the uh ran track in high school like right, right right. this dude is track okay like i want to make sure but he's why I'm projecting him this way is because I'll start with some bad or maybe it's good. He still has a track body Correct. and he's playing football. Correct. He's listed five nine one eighty five. nine185 He like, when you look at Sean Tucker on tape, or you look at a lot of the guys we went through today, Tucker's one to me that for a 20 year old, I'm like, this dude's got a grown man running back body, Correct. like legs, jacked yes. arms and shoulders. Um, and, <laughs> when you look at a chain it's like if this dude eventually ditches track and commits to an nfl weight program Mm -hmm. he can be insane he can be really insane right now the first thing i wrote down after the background info is he is constantly running away from defenders with breakaway speed and that means something in the sec Mm -hmm. like if you're doing it that's true i know it's yes you're doing it in the big 12 you're doing it in the pack it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything you just you okay he can run when a dude is doing this in the sec all the time he's going to run away from nfl defenders all the time so i'm betting on the sprinter i'm betting on the home run i'm betting on him just being able to bring an element that not a lot of dudes can bring he's not much of a tackle breaker he when contact connects with him he goes down It's, he's not even really, not that much of a refined running back right Right. now. He's a sprinter that makes big plays in the SEC. And I'm just willing to bet on that. And I mean, it's funny to watch a guy like Isaiah Spiller, who clear cut NFL future, plenty of people, smart people, uh, respected people, thought he was the top or second ranked running back in last year's draft. And this dude was the other dude on the team and how different they look Mm -hmm. when they just purely have the ball in their hands in space. So a chain to me, man, uh, it's it's not there yet. This is my what did I do this with last time? Anthony Richardson, in a sense, this is less of an extent. But I am betting on just him really putting it all together, him getting
0: that NFL body eventually, and and just having an element that teams are going to obsess over. So I have him as RB7. I had him as RB seven in our group, so that is that is definitely the the biggest difference. I I almost had him at RB eight. I've I've gone back and forth between the back that I have RB eight, which we, we'll talk about right after we do our top fives. But five foot, you you kind of mentioned it there. You hit all the highlights of what he does well, man. I mean, this guy Ryan's- has all <laughs> fast. I mean, he just has all class speed. I mean, he was the Gatorade twenty twenty Texas. Boys Track and Field Athlete Texas. of the Year. Athlete, Texas. Athlete, track athlete of the year in Texas. Not Troy Anderson, Montana. No, respect to right. Troy. All you're respect right. to Troy. Great athlete. You're right. Ran a 10-14, 100-meter dash this past March for the Texas A&M team. 10-14 is stupid Yeah, stupid. Fast. That stupid. is stupid speed and that's what it is I, the, the long speed is just so obvious the second he touches the ball his jogging speed if you will like when you watch running backs they've clearly got different gears right we hear about that all the time and when we reference gears we often talk about the top gear we talk about like oh can he get to a top gear or a rare gear with speed with with um with a chain the way that i would describe it is like gear number two where you get the ball and you're kind of you know like just going towards the line of scrimmage seeing where the space is going to go open up Gear two is like faster than linebackers in a, in a complete sprint for this guy. So his his natural speed is just faster than everybody else. There's no doubt about it. He's a home run hit the second that he touches the football. He's also an absolute ankle eraser with his speed. Yep. And, that, and, and when I said ankle, what I actually meant to say is angle, because I can't speak, which is I'm on a podcast full time. I should probably be able to do that. You watch safeties come down to try to cut him off and they'll go, oh no, when they get like three yeah. feet from him because he's about to blow straight by him. And he does that um, so many times. And I think that's where certainly his biggest strength is. His weaknesses to me, you mentioned it, smaller frame goes down easy with contact. Now, I want to give A-Chain his props. He fights for it. He, he does. does. He's and tough. There, there are a handful of plays where he did get through a tackle when it was an arm tackle. And I went, hey, dude. Good, like good for you. Just be, he knows he's smaller, but he keeps those legs churning. Some small backs, they go, I'm small, I'm going down anyways, and they don't give it effort. He does. Problem is, there's only so much you can do to overcome for being like 180, 185. So if he doesn't pack some more pounds on, he's just always going to be easy to bring down. And that's kind of what, that's a give and take with speed players, if you will. The other thing that I noticed, and not that this is a massive deal, but so many of his snaps came from the shotgun next to, the next to the quarterback. And that's just that's what Texas A&M does, it's their offense. And not that it's a terrible thing, but I think he took like 65 of his rushing snaps from the shotgun, like in a significant amount, a majority from that from that uh, from that alignment. So that's just what he's used to being right there next to the quarterback and getting the handoff that way. And I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to taking it from a quarterback being under center or him just being behind the quarterback, maybe in a pistol formation, something. If there's going to be a adjustment there, something I noticed with his alignment, the speed's there, man. But I just I I, I couldn't get. There's so many good running backs in this class that might have that kind of like total package thing that because A-Chain doesn't have it yet, I'm not willing to bet on just the speed over the overall talent of the rest of this group, which I think is really high. But I think the fact that I have A-Chain outside of my top five speaks to how talented I believe this running back class is. Because there are a lot of other running back classes in the past. Last year's probably one of them where I'd look at his speed and I'd look at that speed trump card and I'd be like, you are, you are the number three back in this class. No worse. Doesn't matter. And I think it just kind of speaks to what I think is the, the overall skill of this running back group that I would have a player of that speed caliber that low. How many uh, Javid
1: best comps do we get on a chain this year? All of
0: them, probably, all of them,
1: them. probably all of them. Yeah, I, I like it. I like what you said, though. It's, I mean, it's he can explode. Um, and it's no a doubt. team that knows how to run block. It's a, it's a doorway wide open for him. He do they you know, have just another some good the... running back? They're going to split him with, or is it all? I'm him sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure Let's they see, do. Texas, but
0: Texas w-
1: they A&M. always have a, a big recruit behind one. Now well, A&M just era. had the number one recruit
0: in the country, or uh, the number one recruiting class in the country. Who they yeah, got? Yeah. So I'm sure they do. a Chain, Amari Daniels a sophomore i don't know who this is he's probably the next goat i don't know you know who knows saying i've just got freaks that come through the uh the football program so he he graded out
1: uh he had a 91 rushing grade from pff a change yeah yeah
0: Yeah. which is um
1: pretty silly when you stack him next to everyone else it's an elite grade so we'll see what he could do who do you uh i'm i'm flabbergasted right now Uh who are you who are you going with here
0: well it's the guy that i said that i was going to talk about earlier when you had him at number five wow i love it brother sean tucker's awesome he's awesome dude sean tucker is awesome five foot ten 210 pounds and you mentioned it you look at this guy in the backfield and you go okay this is a well-built young man to quote my friend, Benjamin Solak. I mean, like you could just see the way that he stands in the backfield. And I mentioned it when we talked about him earlier, when you said number five, when I looked at him, I went, all right, where's 34 big ass dude. He's got that. Like he's got that like high standing running back stance. So he looks like Nick Chubb back there. And I'm like, yep. all right, this dude's just going to be a bruiser. Like I'm about to watch some punishing football. And it took me five plays to be like, he is way more than that. Yeah. Right, little Little background information. You mentioned a lot about him, but. Three-star running back was just a three-star coming out of uh, Owings Mills, Maryland. You talked about the track background, which we went over there, but I, he wasn't even supposed to start, man. And nope. he, he the only reason why he got his chance, really, and that sounds mean to him, but at the time was because of some opt-outs and some injuries, and he ends up having an uh, an unbelievable year, gets the uh, gets the nod, then gets the fifteen hundred rushing yard season. Strengths of his game. I just have, very first line, really, really like this player. Feels like he could be the total package as a ball carrier. He's got the size, he's got the speed combo that you want. Um, He's also really light on his feet for a player of his size, I thought. His change of direction and how much wiggle he had moving and hopping from one spot to the other, I thought was really impressive. Which, to me, pairs with his best trade, Connor, and the reason why I have him at number two, vision and patience, man. This dude understands how to play running back he can totally gear up to hit a hole as he sees the space coming or he can gear down wait for a block to get where it needs to so that he can make one guy miss and spring it into a longer run that's how you get the high yards per carry averages that's how you get up to 1500 yards it is not just the fact that he is big and he is strong and he is fast he sees the field incredibly well and for me i know a lot of people ask about our scouting process for me the top most weighted trait for a running back that I look for is vision and patience, how well you understand what is going on around you and how you can operate the chaos in front of you. You're blocking all that kinds of stuff. So I thought he was fantastic there. Um, I, I, I would absolutely love him in a power blocking scheme because I think that he He understands the timing of all that so well and things can open up and I think that between the tackles as a runner he could really do a lot of damage and play really well not that he couldn't be a zone blocking guy as well even a wide zone things at times he could I think certainly do that but behind a power blocking offensive line I think that Sean Tucker would do fantastic now the weaknesses I have about his game for as natural and as light on his feet as he is when he has the ball in his hands he looks clunky as a receiver. It, it just, mm, yeah. I don't know why. It's just like, he, he looks very robotic. It's almost like he's thinking too much. Like, okay, I got to take five steps and then I got to sink my hips and then I got to make sure I turn to my right. And it's just like, you almost see The hamster wheel turning in his head as he's running the routes, he just looks a lot more clunky, whether it's out of the backfield or on the line of scrimmage. And so I'd like to see him look a little bit more smooth, a little bit more confident as a wide receiver out of the backfield. And as a blocker, I think that really just the technique needs work. He needs reps. That's what he needs. Uh, I, I think that this is another area where he just needs confidence. When he gets the ball in his hands, he is an unbelievably confident football player. And when running routes and when being asked to pass block, he does not attack those assignments with nearly as much confidence which he could i think that he is fluid enough to be a good receiver i think that certainly with reps he can have reliable hands out of the backfield and especially for pass blocking man this dude's got the strength he's got the size he can line up safeties and linebackers and uh, even defensive ends chipping with offensive tackles and tight ends so he can do all of that he's just not as confident with it right now and i think that when that stuff which is fully correctable a lot more reps under his belt he can look a lot better with that. When you give me that kind of a player in those third-down situations with what I'm already seeing as a ball carrier, that's a full-time back in the NFL, man. I think that he I, – I was extremely impressed. Knew nothing about the player before going into yep. summer scouting outside of the fact that he rushed for a lot of yards last year. Pleasantly surprised. Really love what I watched for him.
1: Yeah, the Q's fans were really excited for us to talk about him on this show, and the hype and the excitement was warranted and justified. It really was. Yeah, it was. He Both was in our top five, man. He, yeah, he he was. I guess the player, and definitely for you, that I was the most pleasantly surprised by. Yep. Like I, yep. I had, I had, I've seen Deuce play. Um, I've heard so much about him. I, I loved watching him. He was even better than I thought, but. Tucker was the one where if you just asked me to write down my top five from broadcast watching last year without actually doing a summer film review, I would never think in a million years to have him on there. Then you actually grind the tape and figure out the kind of player he is. And you're like, this dude is awesome. He's awesome. So this is this is my favorite part about summer scouting is finding players like him. Um, All right. So number one anybody we get, listening we, we got the this, same number one
0: we got the same number
1: one we got the same number one which is the first time on today's show that we have similar rankings which is hmm. crazy oh wow you're right yeah so nice i mean nobody should be surprised yeah. that b john robinson yeah is but
0: wait. wait it no i'm just kidding
1: i was like are you <laughs> Not in your top five
0: um I love Mo I really do I think he's got great game but I just wanted to pull a fast one on Connor and that was the first thing that, that came into my mind that it
1: actually like really scared me for a second man I, what can you say I mean what this is me and you were texting about him and it's I'm truly excited to watch how people are going to deal with him throughout this process if he has the kind of season that we think he's going to have where the no first round running back situation is going to be tested mm-hmm Uh, he's just the kind of player this guy is let's just get right into it I mean six foot two twenty one he will not turn 21 years old um, till the end of January so throughout the draft process so a young player the first player in Arizona high school football history to twice win the Ed Darty award as the state's top high school football player so he did that twice first guy to do that damn Easy gas as soon as he touches the ball, but also excellent stop and start ability. A steak knife cutting through butter in the open field. What a reference!
0: Yes, has yes.
1: has excellent speed to bounce runs outside. They use him in the slot. They even use him at real actual outside wide receiver for screens. Uh, so explosive as a catch and run threat. He changes gears with literally no delay. I just this dude is not just a running back he is the definition of an offensive weapon yep that can be literally how you define your offense in every aspect of it and i and honestly trev i'll throw an early comp at you the first thing i really thought of and th- these are all subject to change but i always like thinking what is the first player i think of after i watch four games of this guy and, and there's a lot of healthy todd Gurley in his game and Ooh. remember how good todd Gurley was when i when Gurley was kind of healthy and McVay got there and started to use him as a receiver so much and use him as this running back. Robinson has that kind of talent Gurley was the 10th overall pick. That's how talented he was mm-hmm. girl. Robinson has that kind of talent that Gurley once possessed before he got really banged up. And it's incredible, dude. It's, I, I will be floored if this guy assuming everything goes okay this year, uh, isn't a top 15 player for everybody. And when you have him in the top 15, I'll say this right now. I, at this point, I would be surprised if an NFL team does not select him in the first round.
0: I can sit here. Oh, and, Lord. He, yes. Yeah. He's he's going to go in the first round.
1: Sitting I, here in June 2022. He's too good. He's too talented. He's too,
0: he is too good. And he's I would love to
1: hear good. your thoughts
0: on him. Yeah. I mean, going back to some high school stats, I mean, you're talking about him winning back-to-back years of the awards as a junior and senior. Dude, he rushed for over 2,000 yards in three consecutive seasons. It's like Boobie Miles sophomore, in sophomore, real life. junior, and senior yeah. seasons of high school. He rushed for over 2,000 yards in all three of them. In fact, he averaged 14 yards per carry as a junior and then averaged 17 yards per carry as a senior. 17 yards per carry. It's insane, man. That's wild. The, the, the high school stats would just absolutely floor you. It's hey, insane. we need a first down. Okay, let's just hand it to Bijan, <laughs> and he'll, he'll do overkill. He'll get 17 yards. Just unbelievable, man. You can't the, even kill clock with him. <laughs> he can't. He's too good. He can't kill the clock. Maybe that's the weakness that I need to write under the uh, strengths and weaknesses tab. So the, the strengths, it's a lot of the same things that you highlighted, man. Unique, unique, and I mean that. Yeah. Start to stop yep. ability for this player of his size. I mean, this is a guy who brings a lot of power to his profile, can give you that home run speed, but so much more important than that, when he when he attacks the line of scrimmage and when there is so much clutter going on, defensive lineman, offensive linemen, falling, going off balance, trying to move each other off a spot, and this guy's got to react immediately, he can hop all the way from one gap to another in the blink of an eye, put his foot in the ground with his next step, and continue moving forward. That is just, I saw that time and time again. And that's what makes this player so special is what he can do in a small amount of space. The vision is very clear and his decision-making is so quick. Thanks to the good anticipation, the, uh, the very nimble footwork, how he's approaching the point of contact of the lion scrimmage acceleration. Also extremely impressive. Um, I, I also love, uh, dude, the acceleration is, I mean, he's up to full speed in three or four steps. I mean, this dude, this dude can, can attack the lion scrimmage fully hop, from one gap to the other and then within three steps almost be a top speed after that yep. I mean you are burning everybody at that point Texas lined him up as a wide receiver as well at times and oh lord I can't remember which game was it it might have been the Texas Tech game I know it. yep where they lined him up as a receiver, and you remember, you remember that Christian McCaffrey clip like many years ago, where they had him on a linebacker, and he that linebacker, that oh man, that poor linebacker looked about as helpless as you possibly can, as Christian McCaffrey caught that ball, put a move on him, and ran for a touchdown. That is what B. John Robinson did from the slot, and I saw that play, and I went, that was what Christian McCaffrey did at Stanford, and I'm not yeah. saying that that's a full comp for him, but it goes back to the overall offensive weapon that you talked about. His and usage how you- though. Should be like McCaffrey. Uh, for, for, I think yes. so, for sure. Yes. For sure it should. And he that's when you get into that justifiable realm of first-round picks, when you have a player who can change your offense in so many different ways in which I believe Bijan Robinson is definitely able to do. The weakness, honestly, the only weakness that I've got for him right now is pass protection. And again, yep. it's kind of the same thing as Sean Tucker. He just does not attack it with as much confidence as he should or, or could both, honestly, because he's got the frame. He's got the strength to be able to do it. He's just a little bit timid in how he goes into it. And and you just it's very common to see from underclassmen running backs, unless like that is your that is how you get unless that is how you get on the field. Then it's very, very common to see running backs not really have a refinement or even a passion at this point for pass blocking before they get into their eligible junior and senior season. So I think that that's something that's fully correctable, but Bijan Robinson from Texas, without a doubt, clearly RB one in this class, fantastic player. And one that you and I agree on, uh, I think is a future first rounder. Absolutely. He would
1: be a top five player on my big board today. Top eight. I've been trying to really go through it in my head real quick. Obviously, Will Anderson comes
0: to mind. I'm, we have I'm a lot doing of summer a, I'm doing a do. big board. I told myself, I told myself that I was going to do the big board a little bit different this year. And I'm I am doing a full preseason big board. And I'm just doing it only for the players that we do film reviews on. Like, I'm not even allowing myself to put a guy on there who I watched a broadcast film. I'm going to try to be really strict with it this year. I so like my that. big board, my big board right now is. It's like 16 or 17 players, and it's just quarterbacks and running backs, which is funny to look at right now. But as the summer goes on, I'm going to fill it out more. And shoot, man, I've never had a 100-player preseason big board, but I might have that at the end of the 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 cycle for us to go over before we get into the season, which would be new for me. This process is awesome.
1: I mean, the fact that we're sitting here today and we already have 10 quarterbacks, 10-plus running backs under our belt with, like, legitimate scouting notes, tape study, background study – um it's it's gonna be fascinating to go into the fall where you know i could usually get through 50 to 80 guys and this year i'm blow that out of the water coming right. into september so it's uh and you know power of ultimate the power yeah. of ultimate when, baby this is my first summer with pff ultimate same <laughs> and we are flying. we are we're, we're living our best life and not to not to brag on the podcast but when you're a one-man scouting sh- department like you are a one-man scouting department like i am right having the best program in the world helps help study and analytics kind of goes a long way kind of goes a long way that it does oh, good times
0: all right so since we watched more than just the five running backs that we talked about here i know we mentioned a couple that weren't in my top five not in your top five but is there anybody else that you watch that you got some notes on that we could hit kind of rapid fire here just to give some people some some background info some notes on our thoughts on some of these guys
1: Sure. So Tank Bigsby from Auburn. I watched him. Uh, He's going to be a name you hear about a lot. A former five star SEC freshman of the year in 2020. Right. Had a big 2021. Plays with a lot of fire and heart. Strong lower body. Defenders bounce off him. Drives his legs for extra yards consistently. Got a little too bounce happy going bouncing into the outside. And he has pretty average speed four fumbles in 2021 would like to see him hold on to the football yeah um
0: yeah of course go ahead i was just gonna say something on tank bigsby it's it sounds really mean to say it like this but i was i think the most disappointed with bigsby because i thought he was a player who dude he's so talented and, like, that's the only reason why I'm saying that. I I, I turn on Tank yeah. Bigby's tape, and for a player of his size, I was like, you move different, man. Like, th- I think that he is a different kind of player, really can be. And I think that you see that within a lot of his highlight runs and how he can break some of these tackles and how he can really take a crease. And, again, like I've said, for so many of these guys, have that home run ability, take it a mile, if you will. But you're right, the ball security, he definitely has got to get that cleaned up. And then I think he wants to get north to south so bad that it comes off as like a lack of patience. I felt like there were so many times when the blocks were still kind of forming around him and he was just like, nah, I got to go. Like, I got to do it. Like, I got to move now. He's running into contact. That also lent itself to him bouncing things to the outside probably a little bit before he needed to, like you said there. And I... I am really looking forward to seeing what Tank Bigsby does this next year because the talent level, I see it, man. It's really high, but there's just he's got to get more patient, and he's just got to kind of hone in on the finer details. You got to take care of the football. You got to get more patient. If you do, this guy's, like I said, he moves very different. I think he could be a potential top five back in this class. It's yep. just got to it's got to look more controlled than it did. I think this is the best way I could put it. It's got to be more controlled than what it was last season. I think that's right. And
1: there'll be a lot of people that project him as a top five back in this class coming out of summer. But obviously, neither you or I have done that. The last one I'll throw in on the show today that I wrote a lot of notes on that won't surprise anyone is Zach Charbonnet uh, from UCLA transferred from Michigan. 6'1", 220. The only, I think, the only senior running back I watched for this exercise. There's a couple senior running backs that I've watched before that, that weren't on this uh, show today. But he was the guy I watched where, you know, this under the underclassman running back class is always really, really good. Charbonnet is probably going to be the headliner of the seniors. Mm-hmm. He's someone that... It was funny to me he looks like a michigan transfer playing in the pac-12 like He's he just huge, he does dude. not he looks nothing like a pac-12 running back at he really all. doesn't that's funny it, it doesn't make it it looks hilarious on tape how out of place he looks because of how jacked he is how tall he is how big he is and that's kind of what you see is what you get with him. He runs through tacklers with pure power and stiff arms. Uh, he's a, just a pinball runner. He bounces off people and it's like he, he just got like, he ran into a wall and then he picks his head up and then he changes direction and he just keeps going. So it works for him. Uh, doesn't have a top end gear, but he does have good feel. He follows his blocks really well into contact. 69 missed tackles for in 2021. Nice. That's a really good translatable number for him. Targeted 25 times, 23 catches with one drop for 181 yards. So obviously not doing a ton of damage in the pass game, but uh, a name that you will hear a lot this year.
0: Yeah, notes I had on Zach Charbonnet. I mean, the legs never stop churning, man. Nope. Not for one second. This guy's 220 pounds and he makes you... Feel every single pound of that when you are trying to take him down. He makes you work for that every single time. And you love to see that from a bigger back. Again, when I talked at the very beginning of the podcast, you look at a lot of guys' physical profiles and you go, okay, I got to see this from you. Zach Charbonnet was one of those players in my where I looked at him and I said, okay, you're big. You better play like you're big. He he does. does. He gives you that strength profile. He gives you that tackle breaking, that um, ability to run through contact, that trucking ability, all that kinds of stuff. He's got fantastic contact contact balance for a player that is as big as he is. And so you love that as well. Uh, sometimes those guys who are taller are just kind of like these brute like lower the shoulder guys or stiff arm guys. But when the contact actually comes into their midsection, sometimes they could just go down easier than you thought. Zach Charbony's is not that kind of a player. I think he's got a great core, great contact balance too. He's got nice athleticism for a, a big man rusher. And I don't want to like take that away from him. But when I watch him and even like his biggest home run hitting play, some of the stuff that he did earlier in the season, I'm like, all right, that worked in the PAC 12 he's not going to Like, it's just it, like that play is not going to happen in the NFL like that. He's not going to give you that same, at least I, I don't think, it, it, not the way that I saw it there. I don't think that he's going to give you that home run threat ability in the NFL, like he can threaten to do yep. playing in the PAC 12. And yep, you no, know, he played at Mich- Michigan and he started as a true freshman. And then all of a sudden they just stopped giving him the football. That's all I could kind of find unless somebody else knows that story past that. I mean, I know they started to give Hassan Haskins the it's ball, the same player, like him, but Right, and they just they just like stop giving him the ball, and um Zach Charbonnet, being from California, kind of took that as a chance to be like, okay, I guess they're not believing in me anymore. Went to yeah. a school, it's UCLA. here. They I'll go home. <laughs> like, recruited him. I- good for him it's worked <laughs> that's true it's definitely that's that's definitely true that's the those are the two guys that that we didn't talk about I talked about Blake Corum, but he was in my top three already so yeah Wait, what was the what was the other Dwayne, guy? Dwayne McBride from UAB yeah, um, yeah yeah he's a bruiser
1: I mean he, okay. he's a power runner kind of compact power runner and the thing that really stuck out with him was he forced 78 missed tackles in 2021 Ooh. so Ooh. playing against some lower level of competition he ran over a lot of Defenders that you want to really- see it not overly elusive, but just so much power and took advantage against that smaller level of competition. Uh, he did play against Georgia. So if you want to watch him against Georgia, you'll have that opportunity as well. Uh, fumbled four times in 2021. Mm-hmm. That, that was, you know, a not so good thing. But yeah, he, he's a bit of a bruiser. So he's a fun watch, but um, I just didn't see an ultra athlete in a sense where he would crack the top five.
0: A lot of other names in this running back class, man. It feels like that's the case every year, but Moe Ibrahim from Minnesota, yep. Eric Gray from Oklahoma, who yep. I liked a lot coming out of Tennessee when he transferred over to Oklahoma. He did not have the year that I thought he would. We'll see if they lean on him more this year with a coaching change and things like that, but I thought he was a dynamic player, so I'm looking forward to watching him this year. Kendall Milton at Georgia, Chris Rodriguez at Kentucky, the big bruiser there. Noah Kane at Penn State, Lynn J. Dixon at Clemson. Uh, could be a a feature guy in that offense in a big way this upcoming year. So there's a ton of running backs. Travis I, I, Dye uh, yeah, transferred. Right? I didn't
1: even realize he transferred from Oregon to USC. So when okay, you look at what you're saying USC, that also
0: just broke the news to me that he transferred from Oregon to USC. Didn't Travis yeah. Dye have like four carries for four touchdowns or something one game? I, probably. Hold had on, a lot. Now, of, I got, now I gotta look this up. He had over 3,000 yards
1: in four years at Oregon. So he played. he's played a lot of football and he, I think, has gone on record saying he would have not... He would not have left Oregon if the coaching changes didn't happen there, but when Cristobal left, he took the opportunity to go to USC and I think it's going to work out really well
0: for him. Okay, it was the UCLA game. He ended with 14 carries and 4 touchdowns, but I'm pretty sure at one point he had like 4 carries for 4 touchdowns. That's incredible. No, no, but he but he only had he only had 35 yards total in the game. So like it was it was like 4 carries, 4 touchdowns for Just like score. 6 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that was it which is the funniest outline that I've seen. So yeah, Travis Thai as well. He's another player. A lot of really great running backs for you guys to choose from when you're when you're looking at them, whether you want to look at the same guys that we watched here. We would love to hear your thoughts on all these players. Same thing as quarterback. same thing as the rest of these positions as we go through summer scouting. Let us know in the comment sections. Tweet at us as well. We'll be able to see that. But uh, the comment section stuff on YouTube definitely helps us out if you want to be able to do that. We're both taking a look at that all the time. I try to respond as much as I can. Yeah. So if you guys got thoughts on Our takes, or you got takes your own about this running back class, we would love to hear from you there. Uh, Next episode. It's a Monday. Normally, that would mean a mock draft Monday. But this Monday, we're switching up, and it's going to be a mailbag Monday. So if you were like, hey, where was the question of the day this episode? We're giving you like a full episode on Monday of basically just like question of the day stuff. So everybody who complains that we don't talk enough football – maybe don't listen to the episode or listen to the episode be and give football us football questions.
1: There's going to be tons you, of football you are questions. Bracing,
0: you are bracing them. I am. There's right. Be I'm a lot letting you know nonsense. this episode. I'm look, it's going to be fun as hell, man. We're going to have a blast with it. We awesome. haven't done a full wait. mailbag episode yet. We've already got a ton of the questions and you guys are absolutely lighting it up with fantastic questions. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That, that episode's going to be an hour, hour plus as well. So we're going to get into that and have a good time with it. Um, But, uh, yeah, I so full transparency, we're recording that episode early because you're leaving for vacation. I'm leaving to go up to New York. So when that Monday episode comes out, one of our hockey teams could be eliminated, and we might not even know it. You're, we're not going to be able to react because we're pre taping it. So if
1: you do watch and you go, wow, how did you guys not respond to... Or if there is a game seven, how are you not talking <laughs> about it? We <laughs> right. don't know. We're, we can't time travel. We don't know. I am going to. Or can we time travel? Uh, who knows? I'm going to Montreal for a uh, bachelor party. And oh, Trevor wait. is coming to New York. And then we, I will be back in time that we are going to be able to sync together and get some dinner and have a, a ra- keep the good times going. So Love to see mo- Monday will be a little pre-taped, but it won't feel dated because the questions. No, no. no. are un- I've already read them as we sit here. <laughs> they're it's, unbelievable
0: it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a blast and we're gonna try to take these mailbag formats and kind of get consistent with the episode because we have so much fun interacting with you guys we really do and we best. said it from the very beginning on this podcast it's not just us talking to you guys it's a full conversation we're all hanging out it's a big forum to talk about football and so many other things and uh, y'all getting involved makes the show a lot more fun for us so it's gonna be a lot of fan involvement from you guys we can't wait for it we'll see you guys on monday